Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. Welcome back. This is The Kelly Roach Show, and I'm so excited to have my friend Susie Moore on the show with me today. Hey, Susie. Kelly, I love you. I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you for having me right now. Absolutely. I'm so happy that you're here. Now, Susie is just the strategist behind people that want to leverage PR to mm-hmm. tap into new streams, to get new visibility, to become discovered, to get the logos, to get the authority, and mm-hmm. to really open up a new way beyond just grinding online to grow your business. So Susie, why don't you start by talking a little bit about like your story and kind of how you even arrived at the conclusion that this is a superior method for growth and for visibility and opportunity and why you decided to commit to this work that you're doing. Well, like you, Kelly, I have a corporate background and I think having a corporate background is a tremendous skill. There's so much that we learn as we're working away day to day with different teams and different companies. And much as I enjoyed my career in tech, I just always knew it wasn't my life's work. I was very happy for the perks (laughs) and benefits, but I knew that I always wanted to work for myself and do meaningful work. However, I, however, I deem that. And I started life coaching as a side hustle. Shout out to any side hustlers. In- I started as a side hustle when I was in corporate too, Susie. We have so See? much fun. Okay, See? go ahead. Ah, I can tell. Okay, yeah. so, so many similarities here. So I was life coaching in the evenings and the weekends, and I loved it. And I started with my own simple referral system, but it was, you know, let's say a trickle, steady, but mm-hmm. not what I wanted yeah. it to be. And of course, I wanted it to be full time. I had this idea in my yeah. head. Kelly, I had two thoughts that just felt so true to me, even in those early stages. The first was, if I have this dream in my heart to go big, there has to be a way. Like there has to be a way to make it happen. I wouldn't have this seed inside of me unless there was the mechanics of its fulfillment somehow. And then secondly, I noticed that even how I'd get clients in the beginning was just sharing my stories, talking about, you know, the fact that I was divorced in my twenties, I got through it. I've moved around a lot. I lost my father when I was a teenager to addiction. This is how I deal with grief and loss. I would just tell my stories and then the right people would just kind of find Mm -hmm. me and I'd find Mm -hmm. this kind of click with the right person. And then in my cubicle running, you know, waiting till five o'clock, I noticed that through the lens of a new life coach as a side hustler, I'd of course read content like most people like HuffPost, Marie Claire, Mind Body Green, Business Insider. And through the lens of a life coach, I noticed that they covered a lot of content that I love to coach on. Stuff like productivity, spirituality, confidence building. And one day I was meant to meet a friend for drinks. I was early, she was late. And I just submitted my first five, 600 word piece to Mind Body Green. Two weeks later, I had an author page. It was shared nearly 2,000, no, nearly 4,000 times. And I was like, this is it. All I'm doing is showing up, sharing something that I would share with a friend, advice I'd share with a friend, tapping into an audience that I had no idea its size, and then realizing, wow, this is a way I can actually grow my business. There's volume here. And there wasn't volume, well, at least back then for me, with socials, I had no email list. But I was like, wow, there are all these audiences that already exist. I don't have to build them. I can just be generous, show up, be myself, and really take advantage of what already exists. 
I love that. Okay. I want to backtrack on a couple of things because you just touched on a lot there. So this is, this is amazing. First of all, I love that you're talking about leveraging the power of, I call it OPA, other people's audiences. This is why I think podcast guesting is like one of the most powerful things. And what you're talking about is even a further leverage form of growth because you don't have to be like live on camera taking your time. This yeah. is almost like a more passive way of accomplishing the same thing and complementing that by tapping into like a whole new world that is beyond the internet bubble, which I think is very, very powerful and never talked about. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to where you started with, you talked about the power of story. You mm-hmm. talked about how you shared your story. You talked about how you dealt with grief. A lot of the most successful entrepreneurs have been through really hard things. Yes. I think we can agree on that. Oh, and yes. I think that a lot of great entrepreneurs also don't realize the magnitude and power of sharing their story because those are like our jagged edges, right? Those aren't the things that we're most excited to go out and tell everyone about, right? And with this being the age of AI where information as a currency is actually going to lose value tremendously because anyone can just plug anything into any of these things online, I feel the currency of story is just going to explode, which is why I feel like this conversation that we're having today is so timely. So first of all, I want to go back to what you said about you lost your father at a young age due to addiction, and you shared how you dealt with that and worked through that. And I just want to take a moment before we go like super deep into the tactical PR and all of that. And I want to dig into that for a moment because anytime someone has successfully dealt with grief and worked through something like that, it's worth taking a moment to talk about and share because it can help and change so many lives that are listening to the show today that are trying to work through those things and also trying to be visible for their brand at the same time, which sometimes is like the most difficult thing in the world because you want to curl up and pull a blanket over your head. You don't want to be on a stage speaking. So can you just unpack that a little bit, Susie, because I I feel like you glossed over it really quick, but I think it's a really important part of you and the why behind your what and all of that. So I just want to stay there for a quick moment. Yes, absolutely, Kelly. I'm really happy that you've asked me about this, especially as this time of year, starting a new year, people don't want to talk about the hard stuff. And we also, we're awkward around it. We don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but- Everyone experiences loss. I mean, some sooner rather than later, but it's inevitable. And so when it comes to sharing my stories, if anyone here has lived with an addict or knows an addict, you know the roller coaster that entails. And surprisingly, it's so many more people than you realize, especially once you start opening up. It's amazing when you start sharing what you've experienced in bigger ways, in small ways, it's tremendously moving how people are so quick to share their stories as well. And so when I was growing up, we lived in a series of different domestic violence shelters because Mm -hmm. of my dad's behavior, my mom's behavior. We moved around a lot, living on welfare, church donations. There was many blessings in that actually being part of the church community as a Mm -hmm. kid. But living that way when I was young, it did spark a very big desire in me. You know, seeing the women around me, how they were surviving in different ways, I could see their strength. I just knew, and I will always love and respect my parents. I just knew it wasn't going to be my life. That's exactly how I felt. And I love my parents so much too. I had that deep like conviction in me that I was like, this is not going to be my life. Like 
And I love them so much. Every hardship always breeds great blessings and there's so much that you Mm -hmm. learn from it. And there's, I always say like, especially with our situations growing up, whatever it is, it's like you benefit in either getting a warning so that you behave differently and make different choices, or there's a lesson of something that you want to replicate. And like, I love that you said that because I think so many times people stay stuck in the what happened instead Mm -hmm. of taking that and saying like, you get to decide that this was something that you're not going to replicate in your life. So I just want to acknowledge that for you. That's so powerful. Absolutely. And I think, you know, having the blessing of an early challenge is something that I feel a lot of appreciation for. It gave me a very stark desire. Even though I didn't have the language, you know, being so young, I just knew that I was going to create something and do my life differently. And so navigating like the ups and downs of lots of changes, I feel that creating my own steadiness, doing it on my own terms has always been my, my priority and also having a really healthy, happy marriage. My standards were actually extremely high. It's yeah. like you might think they'd be low, you know, but I was like, no, yeah. I'm very yeah. happy by myself. I know I'm competent. I'm strong. So I feel as if I've got a really good gauge on what a healthy relationship looks like, on what financial stability looks like, knowing too that I think probably the two greatest gifts that I received from my early challenges were a lack of judgment towards people because you mm-hmm. don't know someone's story. We're so quick. Yeah to judge based on the outside. We don't know what's going on with anybody ever. (laughs) Even people we know well in some situations. And then also having compassion. So compassion for others and also just self-compassion. Because I think that when you've had ups and downs, you are emotional for no reason. Sometimes there are these odd triggers that come up when you're like, why am I so emotional in this moment? Being compassionate for myself too. That's so good. So powerful. So you knew you were like, I'm going to have something different, right? And you got into corporate, you were doing your thing, you were in tech, you're like making it work. You're like, okay, this is cool, but there's still something more. Yes. You you have your friend that's late for the drink one day, you submit this article and you're like, holy shit. Okay. Wow. And then Mm what? Well, I was scared to leave my job because I've been a breadwinner in my home and I love it that way. I've Mm -hmm. written about this too. I was earning half a million dollars at the age of 30. So I was thinking, gosh, I'm going to be hedged, especially with my financial, like what I've lived through. I'm very, I'm careful. As I started creating content, seeing the amounts of people that I could reach, frankly, just sharing my stories, typing on my laptop. It's an introvert's dream, by the way, this work. I realized, wow, I can just share information, make it easy to connect with me and then offer a couple of options and then allow it, like letting it be easy. Because I thought, I don't want to go to these events and like have business cards and like tell people why they need a life coach. It just wasn't my style. Yeah. But I thought if I just keep sharing, even on uncomfortable topics, if I'm willing to just keep showing up, being myself, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. the right people too. There's so much screening that just happens in that process because someone who thinks that you're a bimbo or ungrateful or doesn't like your style, they won't get in touch with you already so much is repaved. But when you're sharing who you are and someone's like, I really was moved by your story or I want to do that, then it's really like a magnet to the right people. Yeah, yeah. And I've kept going ever since. My very first article uh, was live January 2014. So nearly 10 years ago. Still going. <laughs> yeah. And then so talk about the transition from when you were like, okay, life coaching is cool, but I really want to specialize more in 
helping people to leverage these things. Like talk to me a little bit about that transition. And then let's give everybody that's listening kind of a clear understanding of what your world looks like today and how you help people. And then we can give them some tips and strategies to get started. Yes. Well, I noticed as I was coaching more and more, a lot of people started asking me how I was getting all these features because, you know, often you pay quite a lot to, or you pay a publicist who, by the way, gives you no guarantees, (laughs) who often doesn't even have connections. If anyone even wants to hire a publicist, I have a full checklist that I would recommend sharing. But it just happened quite organically. Everyone was saying, people were asking from a business context, you know, how do I get my work out there? And some Mm -hmm. people were just saying, look, I've got a fertility journey that's taken me 10 years and I just want to share it with other women. Yeah, And so much of it was just this heart-driven, I want to be of service. And it, it was so moving. And I'm like, well, I really believe, Kelly, if you've got something that you want to say, it's because someone needs to hear it Yeah, and yeah, not yeah. to hold back. Yeah, of course, use your socials, use your YouTube, use your podcast, do all the things, but don't neglect the fact that yeah. traditional media exists yeah. and they want to hear from regular people just like us. And they like hearing from us directly too. This I know. Sure. I would then just start sharing my strategies and my scripts and how to identify the right audiences and the right media and how to make sure that it was actually working in a way where you'd also get paid if that was your intention so people could work with you because there are a few moving parts to this. And then I was repeating myself a lot and I was writing like a mini book on this. And then I was like, they're always the same questions that come up and then there are some nuances. So then I created like a live training once and and of course it's now evolved into more, but it was really just answering a need that I didn't even realize. I mean, it kind of just happened on its own. And yeah. Now, Kelly, seriously, I get more pleasure from other people's wins than mine. I mean, I still love my own very much. I freak out still. But seeing other people's wins and seeing how they get to impact. One of my people today is on actually the Tamron Hall show right now. Oh, that's so awesome. She's doing amazing work. I just feel like democratizing something that's been reserved for the people who can afford it. Well, and also I just feel like the model's broken. Like, to your point earlier, like if you want to hire a publicist, it's a massive monthly retainer with zero guarantees. I cut the eye rolls, the disappointments, the burnt six oh, figures invested. Not- I, yeah, I know. I it, it's it so all. bad. It's so, so bad. I, I could tell so many stories. But anyway, I love that you're disrupting that model because I don't really feel like there is a lot of clarity. Let's put it that way. There isn't a lot of clarity for business owners on how to create repeatable success with getting these media placements. And I feel like to your point, it's really been reserved for people that get in with a publicist. But the problem is that like that industry is broken now. And so you can hire a publicist, you can spend a hundred grand, and it doesn't mean that you're going to have anything at the end of it. So How did you create the model for the way that you teach this now in your courses and in your trainings where people can basically like do this on their own or have their team do it for them? Probably for a lot of my audience, this would be something where they would come to get your training and then they would have their team, you know, do the pitches or the marketing or whatever. So can you talk a little bit about how that works? Yes. So I think the first step is acknowledging that the media is accessible. Most people think that, oh, you know, it's it's some elite group, you know, locked away somewhere and good luck. And the media industry, it's often a lot of young people eager to hear stories. They care too about fresh voices. And my Business Insider editor told me just last month that they actually have 
an allotment of just new voices, people who haven't even been heard anywhere else yet. And, you know, Kelly, people often think you need to have formal qualifications or you need 10 years in business or you need something fancy. You don't, you know, Mm -hmm. in fact, my best friend is the editor-in-chief of CNET. And he told me that one of his favorite stories that he published earlier this year was from a a single mom of three. He said, of course, there's always going to be room for the true expert, like a CPA or CFA in finance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's going to be a perspective, et cetera, from someone who's got the training and professional background. But he's like, I want to hear from this single mom how she got out of $30,000 debt, got three kids, and has now saved $47,000. We want to hear from you. And we don't need, oh, I now live in St. Bart's on my yacht. It's like, I wasn't, I'm in my first year in business. I'm averaging 3K a month. This is what I'd do differently if I started over. The biggest lesson I learned. One other story even recently was this woman in New York is renting out her backyard, making money as a side hustle so people can go there with their dogs. You have to realize that you already have more stories than you probably give yourself credit for. You're more interesting than you realize. Even I think a lot of people struggle with feeling like they have a story angle that would be able to get media attention. So I love you said the first point is believing that the media is accessible, right? Yes. And and I would assume that another hurdle is believing that you have a story that people want to hear that's worth telling is part of what you train people on how to position like the hook of their story and all of that so that they can get people to oh, respond. Yeah. And often too, when someone's even like ideating, they go for one story that feels most natural or safe, but they don't even realize that who they are, what led them to their current like day to day. It's so interesting. Like, are you an expat? It's so interesting. But to us, it's just our life. So it's obvious, (laughs) you know, most people have so many stories within them. And yeah, we can lean into the ones that drive directly to our products and services. Absolutely. Like do that. But also even just the the personal side of you attracts more people than you might think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's a whole nother thing there because I think like from a business perspective, like we're always so focused on like generating leads that are in our niche that are, you know, going to be ready to buy. But I think sometimes we miss the value of like broad base exposure because Mm -hmm. lots of people come to you for lots of different reasons. Right. So like, that's what you're saying is like, yes, there's like some things that you do that maybe like industry or niche specific, but there's a lot of value in gaining that exposure. Like I know you've had pieces that have had like millions of, you know, exposures right online. Not -hmm. all of those people are going to be your perfect person to buy PR, but someone might book you for a speaking engagement. Someone might want you to come in to do a training for their team. Like there's so many different ways that people can resonate with you that I think we miss sometimes. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And so even earlier this year, I gave a talk for International Women's Day, International Women's Month in March for an investment bank in New York. And it's because the events manager saw one of my pieces. All I was talking about was habits of authentically confident people. And that's around my book content, et cetera. And I was just sharing, you know, some qualities that are consistent in the people that I observe. And that was it. And it was like, do you want to come and give a talk? You never know until you put yourself in the way of opportunity. Like, yeah. You have to participate. We have yeah, to, we sure. can't just go, okay, why is no one discovering me? Like, where's my big break? It's like luck. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's be lucky. Right? Let, yes. Let's intentionally. Yes, yes, like, yes. Oh my God, luck. I love. Okay. What are some of the other things like for people that are listening here today that are like, mm-hmm. okay, let me 
try and figure out if this is a good avenue for me? Like, how would you help someone determine if this is an avenue that they should be putting into their 2024 strategy for their business? Well, Kelly, I love what you said. You know, OPAs, love that. With any industry, there's naturally a lot of crossover, right? Because if someone Mm -hmm. follows you, it's very possible they follow me, they follow our other peers. But when I tap into media audiences, it's just different. I just find that 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 the audience profile, it's just different. Often there's just a lot of beginners too. So the beginner market is so big. And if you also serve people who are brand new to plant-based eating, brand new to maybe want to consider having an online business, brand new to understanding some type of parenting or fitness content, there really is this fresh supply of eyeballs. But yeah, and, I love take, that. Going back yeah. to basics, I mean, it's it's a very big pool. It, for me, it feels very blue ocean. And mm. for the rest of your life, pitch yourself to all the media that would want you. You couldn't put a dent. Hundred percent. Yeah, no, <laughs> I totally agree with that. It's I totally so limit- agree. It's so How many limited. hours a week do you feel like someone needs in order to do this and get placements consistently? I would say two hours a week. And this is if you're serious. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. once you have a pitch structure down, and a pitch is essentially mm-hmm. three parts, once yeah. you have that down, it's a slight tweak each time, assuming you get a yes. So one hour pitching and then one hour content creation. Yeah. Which the one hour pitching your team can do for you. Absolutely. And then even like my team, if they're submitting for a a media piece, like they'll just say, can you send me an audio message answering like these questions? And then they'll take it and they'll like, you know, massage it and get it ready and all of that. So it's not a heavy lift for people to integrate this into their business at all whatsoever. And I know people ask me all the time. They're like, how do I get the logos? How do I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And people ask me all the time about paid. And I'm like, no, I'm like, do not pay. Like, do do not not pay pay to get yourself placed. You know, you can get real media. Now, I've always had like people on my team that have done this for me. And from a ROI perspective, someone to be able to start getting these features with basically having a team member that pitches them for an hour a week versus spending, you know, time either or money on a full-time PR person or on a retainer with a crazy firm where you're, you know, it's like a no-brainer, right? Mm -hmm. You talked about the story angles and you Mm -hmm. talked about the time that it takes to get started. And you talked about if basically someone wants to break into new audiences and they want to get visibility other places, like this is a great fit. What else do you think people should know or consider to like kind of break in and get started with something like this? I love to highlight the fact that, you know, sometimes we can see someone, maybe it's one of our peers, maybe we deem them a competitor on some level. Just say you see somebody who's out there and they're getting the wins and they're getting the mic and you just see them. They just seem to be just so visible. It's easy to assume or assign something special to that person, you know, thinking, oh, well, they've just got this special thing, or maybe they're just really vibrant, or maybe they're just super talented. It's not that. They're just doing this. They're just taking the leaps. That's it. And Frankly, Kelly, all else being equal, right? What comes up when you're Googled, right? Probably your website, your social handles, great. Same for everybody else, right? What if it's amazing brands that are showing your name again and again and again on your topic? Not only are your potential audience finding you, but other media is also finding you. It compounds like money in the stock market. It just gets easier and easier. And if someone's making a decision on anything like a dermatologist, a life coach, a real estate broker, and all else is, you know, 
similar investment level, maybe similar kind of you like two or three options. We're going to lean towards the one that's in the media, the one who's in Martha Stewart, if we love Martha, the one who's in Oprah, the one who's in Inc. Because mm-hmm. that trust it. Look, and I say, I joke, look, I don't make the rules, right? But yeah. being in the media, you're elevated. So why not let it be easier, right? It is so true. It is so true. And I love, I want to go back to what you said just a second ago, Susie, because I think this is a very important lesson for everyone listening. People see people that are everywhere and they think, oh, that person is like having their moment. That person is so special. That person is getting picked for everything. No, that person is pitching and pitching and pitching and they have someone that is putting them. And I learned this because a couple of years ago, I was like, all right, guys, I'm like, it's time for us to go get some awards for the business. We need to get some authority for the business. And we did. We got in 5,000 two years in a row. We got all these awards. You have to submit applications (laughs) and go through a process for every single one of these things. There is no one that is just awarded an award. There's no one that is just placed magically. There's no one that is just like it's deciding like, oh, this is something that I'd like for my brand. I'd like my brand to be featured in the media. I'd like my brand to be featured in these articles. I'd like new audiences to be exposed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then what is your action that is going to facilitate that? And I think it's important to talk about that because a lot of people think, oh, this Mm -hmm. person's just getting picked for everything. And Uh -uh. it's like, no, (laughs) no. They're just willing to be uncomfortable. They're putting themselves in the arena again and again. They're putting themselves in the arena. Yeah, Everyone's getting rejected too. You just don't see that because rejections never make it to the light, right? We only see that Oh, look where I am. Oh, look who's interviewing me. Oh, look at my amazing Yes. That's all we see. We don't see the other stuff. And so look, I get rejected all the time. It means nothing. I I joke that I'm rejection proof because I really am. Like I'm the same way. I just take it as not the right time or not the right fit, right? Like as in today. Oh yeah. No, hundred percent. Yeah. We have things that my team has pitched for for me eight, nine times that I've been rejected for. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, keep going. Yeah, I don't care. I literally don't care. I'm like, keep going. We will keep getting no's until one day it's a yes. I don't care. And that's the thing is like, I think it's really important for people to hear us having this conversation Mm -hmm. that we are consistently rejected, that rejection is literally a part of the pathway to success. And that like you said, I like, I love what you said. Like it means nothing. It it doesn't mean anything. But also, it's not that people are magically picked for things. And I just have to say that again, because I think mm-hmm. media is one element of that. But it's the same thing for speaking. It's the mm-hmm. same thing for the rooms that you want to get into. Like, mm-hmm. it's making the decision that that's important to you. Mm-hmm. And then it's aligning your actions with the outcome that you want. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And you can't exactly. do everything all at once. So it's just deciding. Mm-hmm. So I know you have an amazing webinar that you break down like, all the things and give like a pathway. Let's talk a little bit about like what you're going to teach in the webinar and then we'll give them a link if they want to come and learn more about this. Yeah. If you want to learn more about how the media works, demystified, behind the scenes, the real stuff, I share how I got started, what you need and don't need in order to make it successful. We have a live class called Overnight Rockstar and it's all about skyrocketing your reputation in the way that elevates everything about you, your brand, your business, and learning how to attract new customers, clients, whatever that looks like to you by becoming your own publicist. And Kelly, it's a skill that pays off forevermore. I tell you, I mean, (laughs) you you learn this once, you master this once, and it's always available. Like where to next? What else can I test? What audience can I tap into? Especially if you've got 
any type of promotion, a book, a new podcast, some new type of uh, product or service. Yes, rely on your audiences and rely on your peers and do all the things, throw everything at your success. But don't forget that there is this huge, untapped, uncrowded resource available. And the media too, they want to hear from you. It's a value exchange. It's not like, thank you for choosing me. It's like, you're also welcome. I'm bringing a great story. And the person who really wins is the audience member who gets to hear about you. So yeah, for sure. So Mm -hmm. on the webinar, are you going to talk a little bit about like how they find these opportunities and then when they get the opportunities, what they can do to turn them into something? Yes. So how it goes from how a media feature comes to be from initially just an idea that you have in your mind. So sharing a story through to what happens once you win, right? So once you've got your link, you've got your clip, you've got your media feature ready, like where to from here? So understanding that it is a process, right? It's a system. Anyone can do it. And understanding too, you know, I break down coming up with your ideas. What's the difference between an idea and a pitch? What's a great framework for telling a story? I use the same framework every single time. I don't mess with it. And I haven't in years because it works. And I break that down too. That's awesome. And that's something that people can use like across the board for every area of their business. Because I mean, again, guys, I know you recorded a whole episode on my perspective about AI. I just Mm -hmm. think that it's really important to understand that like your humanness, your Mm -hmm. story, Mm -hmm. your jagged edges, like the unique context that comes with that is going to be so crucial for your brand to stand out as we go forward because the information piece of things, it's accessible in a click of a button, right? Mm -hmm. Information Mm -hmm. isn't the thing anymore, but the context and the rapport and the relationship and the humanness and the consciousness, Mm -hmm. like that's going to become so much more valuable, right? Because a machine isn't going to replace that. So I think that this is going to become even more important. And listen, there's a lot going on with ads. There's a Mm -hmm. lot going on with changes in the maturity of the online market. It's Mm -hmm. like having an added stream of income or having an added insurance policy for how Mm -hmm. you're generating leads and creating visibility for your business, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to put the link to the webinar in the show notes, but you can go to getrockstarpr.com and I have my own link forward slash Kelly. So getrockstarpr.com forward slash Kelly and Susie, this is amazing stuff. And I think it's really important. And it's crazy because like, it's so good that you're doing this because I just don't think that people really know that there's an alternative out there, that they could just do this in their business. Like, it's crazy. They think that you have to have either a PR team or someone Mm -hmm. on retainer. And you're giving this like alternative path where everyday entrepreneurs can just make this a regular part of their growth strategy, which I love. I mean, isn't that amazing? Like, talk about letting it be easy. (laughs) I mean, there are other ways they're available. Why not take advantage? I mean, I believe that we're, we're meant to succeed. The dreams that we have, they're not random. We're meant to. I believe that. I wholeheartedly believe that so much. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then with everything like conspiring for you, why not tap into the audiences that are just there? They just don't know about you yet. Kelly, I am sure we'll agree on this, that, you know, being visible, being able to be found is our number one job. Nothing can happen. Nothing can happen. Nothing can happen. Exactly. I yeah. love that so much. All right. Awesome. Yay. So you guys go to getrockstarpr.com forward slash Kelly. Make sure if you're not already following Susie, go find Susie. Susie, what's your Instagram handle? It's at Susie.more. At Susie.more and your show. 
Oh, let it be easy with Susie Roll. Let it be easy. She's got the sign behind her. Come on. We need. We all need more of that in our lives. All right. Awesome. Susie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. So I happy love to you, have Kelly. you. All right. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Get yourself registered for the webinar, and we will see you back here soon. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week.